The presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. We're excited to announce Classcraft's new story mode, which makes it easy for educators to harness the power of stories. Episodes 1 and 2 of Season 1 are ready for you and your students to play today, and it's completely free. To learn more about Classcraft and the new story mode, simply visit classcraft.com slash oneducation. What if we are wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. scary. All right, we are here with Corey Kling. Corey is the director of technology for Richfield Public Schools in Minnesota. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Corey, we've actually known you for a long time. Um, I think for me, my connection to you was always, I attended tons of your sessions formally when this was the TIES conference. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I was attending sessions that you were giving at uh, other conferences like Schoology Next. Um, And you had previously worked at different school districts uh, in different positions. I think one of them probably at some point similar to what I'm doing right now, kind of instructional coach tech integration. So what has this new position been like as far as being a director now of technology and then kind of your transition even from where you were at before and then now here? Yeah, I'll I'll just nuance that with the fact that you've, if I was ever at a point at which I was innovative or cutting edge you've far surpassed me since then so <laughs> nice job um you guys are cutting that's a, edge that's yeah, a big compliment. you've left me behind uh no i w- i would say the um so that change is ultimately from classroom teacher to technology integrationist and that integration job um when i was in river falls wisconsin still was more of a um a technical side piece in fact i even had some technical oversight and i did the you know I, ipad management and some of the more technical pieces uh, but i also had instructional coach duties and then i um, spent some time in eden prairie where it was more of a coordinator position where we were expected to have kind of a lens and an expertise over quality instruction overall you know uh, mtss with multi-tier support system work um, plc mentoring uh etc etc and so that uh those experiences have allowed me then or allowed me to position myself or to uh, be in a place at which i could could feel comfortable applying for a director of technology job. And what was lacking, I guess you would say, is some of the technical pieces still. You know, So there's been a lot of learning in terms of learning about uh, infrastructure and closets and racks and stacks. Sure, the technical, and, the yeah. actual technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting It's because it's complicated. We, um, we interviewed someone uh, about a year and a half ago um, who was talking about like one-to-one implementation and how, you know... Um, you know, the way that people write about it on Twitter and, and wherever and in blogs makes it sound like it's something that you snap your fingers right. and bam, one-to-one. Right. And I went through a one-to-one implementation and we actually had to delay it a whole year because we didn't. We realized after we had signed the deal with Apple to buy, we're talking like 800, it was a private school, so mm. one school, but still 800 iPads or something like that, about 300 MacBooks. And we didn't have the bandwidth. Sure. We realized that we had to literally upgrade our entire network infrastructure before we could do anything. Yeah. Or everything just wouldn't work. It's incredibly complicated, right? Yeah. yeah it, 
there's a number of things that make it complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, obviously, the technical components and pieces. I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to have a couple of network administrators that are very good in that space, and and they've they've been patient and they've been very um, focused on helping me build my own capacity. But I also think that beyond the technical pieces are the policy pieces that are so complicated. I mean, the one that I was given as a, an example for anyone I'm talking to that does a similar job um, is how difficult it was and still is for me to navigate E-rate. So E-rate is a vehicle by which to get federal funding for to bring infrastructure uh, up to uh, what would be considered a minimal quality to deliver um, um, you know, instructional technology in, in learning spaces. And that E-rate process and the vehicles by which you... Uh, apply and get funding is very complicated, is very time intensive, uh, requires, you know, uh, we actually work with a consultant. And so that piece, so there's a positive and negative that one is kind of complicated. And two, the positive uh, is that that has allowed a lot of our districts to get to a place and schools to get to a place where they can do digital learning. So it's Mm. been a wonderful program. And it was just renewed, uh, thankfully, which is good. But just that is very foreign from teaching 11th graders American history, which I was doing five years ago, yes. you know, so yes. it's a very different, uh, very different deal. Yeah. Completely different type of job. I mean, mm-hmm. a completely different type of job. Um, so talking about one-to-one implementation and just, uh, digital learning mm-hmm. at your current location, it's something that you guys are working towards, right? To, yes. In your district. What is that process? I mean, as far as like Mike's saying, it's complicated. So where are you at as far as in the process? And for those people listening out there and they're thinking about doing something mm-hmm. like this or taking this on, what are some of the advice that you would give them? Well, it kind of depends what role you play. Um, I would say as a classroom teacher, I'm sure the the three of us in, in whatever role we played, we were the type of person that was trying to be innovative in our classroom and would, would nag and bother anyone that would help us get to that point. You know, so if you're a classroom teacher, it's like you, impl- you influence your own locus of control. So if you're a classroom teacher, you can influence how innovative you are in a classroom. You can, you know, potentially get uh, grants and things of that nature. But at the district level, it's, it's, I, I think it's making sure that you're as collaborative as possible with your school board, with your superintendent, with your uh, committees that are in and your teaching and learning department and et cetera to get on the same page. We, um, in Richfield, we were able to com- to complete a strategic planning uh, cycle of five years that came to, or that's coming to an end this year. And the, the primary emphasis in technology was creating access. So we've been able to bring access to digital learning opportunities to our students. And now it's, it's what's next. Now it's, all right, how do we write this next uh, strategic plan so that we're positioning ourselves to prepare our students uh, to enter into a, a, a technology ubiquitous world. So we were talking off air, and I was talking about the stage of technology integration, let's just call it uh, the life cycle of technology integration, where you start off and you're super excited and you get that first year and you're kind of working out the technical side, the technical bumps, the Wi-Fi bandwidth, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And then suddenly by year two, you're like, you're being successful on that technical side teachers are now using the devices on a variety of different planes, but mostly at uh, what I would call it lower levels, substitution yep. levels, whatever it might be. For those of us that are now, and many of us adopted six, seven, eight years ago to a one-to-one program, what, what should we be doing now seven, eight, six, seven, eight years down the road to kind of now go, we've done this. Now, what's the next steps? Because we're thinking mm-hmm. like beyond the technology integration and even us as coaches, 
almost like we have to reset our own minds and say maybe our focus should have been or should be over here with pedagogy and instructional practices and those yep. kinds of things versus the technology and the integration over here. Yeah. I, I think that what we're doing right now is a great example on a podcast of moving from consumption to creation. Mm. So, I mean, again, these things are difficult oftentimes to encapsulate, but I think there are some encapsulated themes that we can, we can look at for where we go next. You know, one is that simple, you know, consumption to creation idea that, that we're, that we are, we're still leading with quality pedagogy that we're staying focused on that, you know, and that, that sometimes less is more, um, but when we do that and when we do technology in the classroom, are we making sure that it's staying foundational around basic uh, or, or meeting uh, basic quality instructional practices? So I know we always hear that, but to me, there are some basic things we can rally behind. One is data is, is everywhere now, but what data are we looking at? So we all know and, and the educational studies show and Fisher and Fry and others have done studies around the idea that regular checks for understanding is something that we still need to do. Okay? Yes. Well, great. If we're going to, and that's really something that we should be doing pre-educational technology and post-educational technology, you know, so that has to stay fundamental and we can't move away from that. But what we can do is provide more opportunities for surrendering control and providing kids opportunities to have agency and voice and so on uh, in the way in which they meet instructional outcomes. And that's hard. And I think that that's why this next phase is going to be a heavier lift than our first phase. Mm, I agree. You know? I mean, our mm. first phase out of the gates was, all right, how do we get to these minimal levels of, of what we know the research states? And, and by the time the research catches up with that, which is just now doing... And it's showing some positive results when those things have been have been done. For example, one to one institute and and the uh, uh, project red and some of these other studies have been put together for whether or not technology works in school in the one to one environment. Um, now this next one, just when the research will catch up with that, now we're going to have to go into these this this new chapter. Um, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality, podcasting. You know, any creative uh, tools and so on. And and so. We have to make sure that we're, we're creating educational physical spaces to allow that and that we're reinforcing professional development for our teachers. So we're at um, Impact Education Conference and you're doing some sessions, right? Yes. Session. Tell yes. us a little bit about what you're talking about here. Sure. I have a, a session that I've reworked a couple of times and anybody who's uh, presented or I mean presented at a conference or taught a lesson, you know. First time you taught the War of 1812, I'm sure you taught it differently than the uh, previous yeah, time, you know, sure. the next time. So the idea um, of my session, though, is uh, is about courageous dialogue about uh, instructional technology use. And the idea behind it is like kind of a, a, a loose mantra of what if I'm wrong? Um, and I tend to kind of try to live that way overall, which is always evaluating things from my own personal parenting to um, I never um, question my Packer fandom. That's one thing that is not. I'm, I've never seen what if I'm wrong. That, you don't right. never say what if I'm no, wrong. No, I, I probably should. Um, but the idea being that uh, whether you're an educational leader or a classroom teacher, what are you doing on a regular basis to evaluate not only what you're doing, you know, and one of the things is we tend to in this, and I loved the, uh, we had a keynote this morning at Impact and, and, the acronym of VUCA came out, just that idea of volatility and the idea that things are just constantly changing. So we, there is kind of a pressure to what's next, what's next, what's, what's next, but also what we're currently doing in our instructional practices. Are we evaluating it, reevaluating it, making sure that it's 
uh, its current best practice. So that's the idea behind the session. What if we are wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. scary. I mean, mm-hmm. I use robots in the classroom. I mean, that's my job is to teach teachers how to use Dash and Dot and uh, educational robotics. And and it's funny because um, right now, like I just came back from China and and two of the manufacturers that, that we deal with that I talk to, both, like unprompted and without, um, t- obviously they don't talk to each other, um, asked about how we could in Canada help support university study for efficacy studies because mm. they need mm-hmm. and we actually talked to angie Kaltoff about this as well yesterday that they need the receipts now mm-hmm. right because we can show all the cool instagram videos and pictures and twitter and like kids playing with robots in their classrooms we can do that all day all day and talk about how f- much fun it was yep. and show the kids laughing and enjoying themselves and that's that's wonderful we love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we share the hell out of that stuff. You know, as a company, it's good for us mm-hmm. to sell robots. But um, we need to start talking like next level conversations about like that this is actually working. Yeah. And so it's almost a, a fear, right? That yeah. you know, we, we need to start knowing whether what this is actually doing. We need the we need the, the proof. Well, right, and the anxiety is is fueled by in that sense from a corporate side where they ask that question but the media now you know star tribune and here in minneapolis just put out an article a month ago that was asking questions about whether or not some of our one-to-one programs around the metro that are more high profile and high dollars um are they working you know Mm, technology levies are something right now that um are almost universal not everyone's able to pass them unfortunately but these levies then create a vehicle by which to bring in funding and then that money is used to for human capital and as well as uh, or in the form of employees as well as stuff and so the the idea behind efficacy i think now is something we want to get ahead of you know there's some there are some great startups out there that um learn platform for example is one uh, that I've just been looking at that's interesting in terms of not to shout out to them, but just the idea uh, behind how can we collect information and the right information to determine if there is that efficacy and if it is leading to pro- positive results. But I will nuance that with, and again, per the question, what is it that we're trying to measure? Yes. Right. So if mm-hmm. we're only trying to measure how they perform on Minnesota you know, state assessments or how they perform, perform on their NWA map score, I got to tell you, when I... Uh, when I was in school, I don't know how I would have performed on those. And I even maybe by the time I was in high school and I was like, I want to go to college. And so I started to try and actually, you know, apply sure. myself Absolutely. a little bit. And this was in the 80s and 90s when, you know, you could get into a state school without getting a 30 on your ACT. But the idea behind the fact that I enjoyed school, though, you know, and I, I enjoyed friends and I enjoyed teacher relationships and I enjoyed athletics and those types of things. And so if we only set our metric at, whether or not kids are um, improving on test scores and yeah. that's what we're using, then I feel like we're in a world of hurt because that is not what, for me, that's not what got me to school every day. And yeah. and we we actually, in Wabasha, previous school district that I was at, when we presented initially to the school board, that was the question, you know, mm-hmm. how is this going to improve? They specifically didn't say student learning. They said test scores. Mm-hmm. And it was great that the principal at the time looked at me and looked at things and says, I don't think it's going to improve the test scores. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest with you, wow. what it could and will 
uh, improve if, if we're doing this right is the ability for students to do these things. And he started just like five C's, like be able to connect to global communities. In the end, student learning is going to be elevated if we do it the right way. Right. Will that result in higher test scores? Probably not. I mean, it's hard to make that direct correlation between the device to the thing unless that device is spitting out MCA yeah. uh, quiz. You know, it's all the time. Right. Oh, yeah, 100% teach to the test and you're just focused on those specific right. standards and outcomes. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that would be you know the most uh, horrible use of the device. But it's good that people do stand up. And I, I honestly wasn't expecting that question. It was a great question and it was even a better response yeah. to just be honest with it and say no that's that's actually not something you can expect yep. to happen i do think it's why when we say you know the you ask the question what if we're wrong i do think that a point at which that i don't ever want to lose touch on especially as we enter a new strategic cycle in our district we just went one-to-one we're now two years into one-to-one i do think in the next five to ten years that will be looked at and i do think that there's some merit to that as long as it's nuanced properly Right. We can to me, we don't necessarily like I don't want to move away from universal technology access. I just am not sure. Project Red has some information on this, but I'm not 100 percent sure if that's where we will need to be or want to be five to 10 years from now. I think it's more about it may be more about diverse opportunities. And, uh, for example, if you're interested in podcasting, do you have access to quality podcasting tools? And we know we can do that from a tablet, you know, like and do a pretty good job of it. Right. But are you uh, interested in computer animated drawing? You know, great. Well, do you have industry standard CAD programs, screens, et cetera, mm-hmm. in your school to be mm-hmm. able to do those? You know, so I do, uh, especially in districts where they're a little more strapped, you know, will they choose to put their eggs in the basket of one to one or no, we want to get this technology that's in a place in which our our kids are preparing for the workforce that they're entering uh, the life or the world that they're entering because we all know that they have a screen in their pocket, you yes. know. So that is one of those things that I think will be interesting to watch. Super interesting, Corey. If people want to connect with you, learn more about you, talk to you, yeah. engage with you, um, where can they do that? Sure. Uh, primarily, uh, I prefer Twitter. So at Mr. Kling. So M R K L I N G E. Uh, is the easiest and best, and I'd love to follow. And if you follow me, and as long as you're not uh, uh, most vendors, <laughs> I'll choose. But as long as you're uh, not certain vendors, uh-huh. I'm going to follow you back. If yeah. you're coming from the educational world, I, I want to hear what you have to say too. Awesome, awesome, Corey Kling. Thank you. Yeah, Yvette. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the On Podcast Media Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Monica Burns, Mike Matera, Tisha Richmond, and many more by visiting onpodcastmedia.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter. And I can be found on Twitter at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. 
This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Classcraft, for supporting us. Check out classcraft.com slash oneducation to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.